Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hey, everybody. Uh, whoo! It is chilly outside. And actually, speaking of chilly, uh, I was walking through my neighborhood and it smells like everyone is making a big pot of chili or soap. Soap? Why would you? Well, maybe you're uh, arts and crafters and you're making soap. Soap? Soup. Yeah. Delicious <laughs> soup. It smells soupy out there. It's only going to get colder. It's going to get snowy out. So prepare ahead of time. There's possibly a blizzard coming through uh, starting on Thursday. Stock up. If you need diapers, if you need your prescriptions filled, uh, put blankets in your car in case you're going to be driving somewhere, check in on your neighbors. And I want to remind everybody about that group, Buy Nothing, B-U-Y, Nothing in your community. See if you have one for your neighborhood. Because sometimes folks who are in need of a space heater or extra blankets or winter coats are on there, and you might be able to help somebody out. Or if you need something, go on there and possibly uh, see if you can find something that will help you out as we head into a very cold and wintry, blustery, windy, all those words, and snowy holiday weekend. Uh, I'm excited. Excited to have two guests in the studio today, and actually Jerry's hanging around on the edges because he's gifting my guests. Uh, we have <laughs> Professor Joel Ostro. <laughs> Professor o- uh, Joel Ostro is in studio with us from Benedictine College, and we're going to talk all things Russia and Ukraine and the threats to democracy. Democracy. Walk me through some of the things. Mostly, I just want to know why, 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 why. Uh, if he can't answer that, I'm going to ask him to leave and have a Manaqua brew. And Adam <laughs> Selzer, author and a tour guide, and uh, the creator of Mister. Well, Mister. Mysterious Chicago is yours? Mysterious Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. 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 Uh, All things uh, exciting. And I know that the January 6th uh, committee convened today to tell us what they are referring to the DOJ. We'll talk about that at 6 o'clock because I think a lot of what we'll talk about in this first hour will be as important uh, to figure out what happens next. Uh, Because Professor Joel Oster told me there was a great piece over the weekend in the uh, the New York Times. Do you have a mic? This is different for you than being on the phone. Yeah, come all the way. Slide all the way up to the. uh, no no, no, no. Here we go. How's that? No, we don't hear anything? Now it's blasting my ears. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> How weird is it to be in studio where all the Just magic happens? No, you should be able to turn that down. I am. I'm lowering it. He said, yeah, it's, it's off. Still too, it's off? Mm-hmm. Here, let's see. There. Let's just right? leave it like that. Is that kind of the headset that he's using? Yeah. That's in. yeah. Sure? Oh, it's cool. I hear you now. Yeah, you okay. hear me? Okay. It's, either, uh, it's either blowing my eardrums out or it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so you, and then, Adam, uh, Adam, your headset's okay? Yeah, it's fine. Excellent. We got everybody in yeah, studio. There's the uh, volume over here. Yeah, they got, got a little knobby so, thingy. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned as you came in that there was an excellent article. If we want a primer, step by step, of what's going on in the New York Times or the New York, New York Times. New York Times. Yeah. And what, what, in what way do they break it down? Uh, it was a comprehensive. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the print version, but it almost it must have been like a pullout section on Sunday, um, and it covers really beginning till now. Uh, good section on Putin's rise to power, his personality, um, a little bit about his style of rule, meaning the the system that. Academics call Putinism now, um, kind of a unique style of dictatorship. Um, his motivations in foreign policy, his um, sort of consistent anti-Western um, attitudes uh, and foreign policy to further uh, try to always try to weaken and destabilize the West. Um, attitudes towards different parts of the former Soviet Union to put Ukraine in context and his obsession with 
uh, with Ukraine, which has been pretty consistent from the beginning. Um, it, it's and then goes into the why the military, why he thought it would be a cakewalk uh, taking over Ukraine, um, and why it's turned out to be such a catastrophe. And I think the the subtitle of it was Anatomy of a Catastrophe or oh, something God. like that. It does, yeah. it does feel that way. Adam, have you studied much about <clears throat> Russia and, and Putin? or, or have you, Do you feel like I, you've I been invested? I followed along with the news pretty well. well I'm, I'm not expert level by any means, but, but I followed you, along and been able to figure out generally what's going on. Yeah, because I... Well, here's my thing, right? Is, mm-hmm. uh, is it about... You know, when you say anti-Westernism, is it, you know, obviously it's hard to break down exactly how much is what of wanting to control your own population and say, uh, those people are horrible. Do what I want to do. I'll keep you safe. I'll expand our our land, our riches uh, or our superiority in the world. Is that part of the anti-Westernism? Yeah. Well, what it isn't. Uh, So Putin is by many accounts, sort of clandestinely, the richest person in the world. Um, the assets aren't actually under his name, but he controls wealth beyond really anybody uh, else. I, I'm sure there's nothing you can't buy. Yeah, he feels like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, much of it's, it's, it's not it's, officially in his name. Right. But he it's, controls it's one of those points where the difference is kind of academic, <clears throat> yeah. you know. I mean, once, once yeah. people get to the point where they can buy anything yeah. they want without thinking yeah. about it, then but, who's really richer? But there's, it doesn't seem to be consistent with him that he... Uh, that that's what he was after. Right. Um, uh, and indeed, even personal power doesn't necessarily seem to motivate him. His motivation is um, restoring some vision he has of Russia's imperial past. Okay. Um, and But he has certainly grown to see himself as the only individual able to bring about that. Uh, that restoration of a Russian empire. Um, so he has like how, put how himself in this role of savior. Like how far back of a Russia of, of Russia are we talking about? Like the fifties or the version that kicked my great grandparents out a hundred some years ago. And mine. Yeah, you're still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the system that kicked out our great grandparents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like not not Soviet. Yeah. He, got, he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't want the stands. Yeah. <laughs> under his sphere anymore. Right. Wow. Right. Uh, but so and, he thinks of himself more as a czar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the sure. way and the way that has ended, at least in the last over hundred years, has been through a revolution, through execution. I mean, I, I just watched The Crown and I saw an entire family get executed in the basement. I don't know what's going on. I mean, mm. like, it's been a long time since I've studied anything about Eastern European There's history. There's been a lot of executions carried out under Putin. Right. So. Um, his uh, so the uh, what I described doesn't necessarily have to mean anti-Western, um, and certainly Russia. Part of his um, uh, strengthening of Russia's economy, his whole strategy, even dating to the late Soviet period, was to exploit Russia's um, resources, oil and gas in particular, um, and to export those um, like an OPEC country. Uh, to bring in wealth to Russia, and he carried out that vision uh, to great success, and and uh, that brought a lot of revenue to Russia, and then an ability to buy high tech components for whether for uh, weapon systems or in the medical field or whatever. So they don't manufacture that much in Russia on their own. Uh, they depend heavily on particularly electronic components on the West. Uh, and so the export of oil and gas has helped, helped them to sort of mm, their version of modernizing the economy, if that makes sense. But 
everything else is anti-Western, and the anti-Western attitudes serve his consolidation of power, um, creating an enemy, um, and the West as enemy is something that's still readily available to Russians. It has been historically. It certainly was in the Soviet period. Um, so to cast NATO as trying to keep Russia down, which is the narrative of of what happened to Russia as the Soviet Union collapsed and in the 1990s, blaming NATO and the Europe and the United States for all of Russia's ills has helped him to strengthen his own power and carry out his own agenda, part of which depended on those Western revenues, and it's why the sanctions have been so important and been so effective in, in harming Russia's economy. Right now they're relying on Iran and North Korea uh, and and that's not what they need for. Yeah, this is seem like a well thought out long term plan. Well, in terms of the war in Ukraine, it wasn't supposed to be long term. Right, <laughs> it was supposed to be about three weeks. Yeah. really, they thought it was well, going to go we, in and take uh, over. We all thought Zelensky would would just flee. I, I assumed he would just get out of there fast. Well, yeah, there were two questions. One, we Zelensky didn't seem like the kind of leader who could uh, unite Ukraine mm-hmm. and stand up to Russia. A, B. Ukraine didn't have much of its own military capability. I mean, they'd been doing training with NATO, but they weren't have like compared to Russia. We bought into the narrative that Russia's military was heavily modern, like modernized, trained, you know, back to being on a par with our military. Mm. Um, And he banked, as we did, on having real difficulties uniting. Uh, the West and the rest of the world to stand up to mm-hmm. Russia because of all the damage done in the four years prior to, to the Biden administration. Yeah. Right? The U.S. standing in the world, we, we had no standing. Mm-hmm. We, we're still not, like, if, if I were a leader of a foreign sure. country, I would behave less like Germany and more like Iran when it comes to can I trust the U.S. or not. Yeah. Wow. We're not a trustworthy country because who knows where we're going to be Two years, two, years. two months yeah. from yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Let me let me take a break here because there's so many things. Uh, Jim, if you want to hold on, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about Russia. Lady B, can you see if Jim wants to talk about Russia or hang on for the January 6th committee or any other topics if he wants to at six ish? Uh, ish, I don't know. We might. Who knows? This is this is a lot. This is. A, I asked for a drink of water and the professor brought a whole gallon. He's like, here, Sorry. get a late. No, this is good <laughs> because partly I think a lot of people are like me where we're like, uh, it's background noise. I mean, here's the thing. You guys, obviously, you know, you read a lot and a lot of different topics and consume a lot of history. Uh, I'm not at that place anymore. 20, 30 years ago, I maybe understood more. I remember in 2012, I was like, what's going on with Russia? And then I'm like, oh, look, a yeah. shiny object. Like a lot of people. Sure. So this yeah. is a really important conversation. I, I, think, it's, I'm I think it's happened with every war for most people. It just yeah. kind of fades in a background noise. Absolutely. You know, it happened, you know people, during the Civil War, life just went on and people still went to the theater. Right. Mm-hmm. People still went shopping. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I got TikTok videos to make. Let's take a break here. <laughs> uh, we are talking to Professor Joe Ostro. You know him from Jonas Bezito's show. I, I, hope, I should have let her know that I was borrowing you. I hope that's okay. She, <laughs> she, she introduced us at your, her party, so I have to assume it's okay. So thank you, Joan. I hope you're well. And we have Adam Selzer in studio with us. Uh, let's have a break here. We'll come back and continue our conversation. Oh, I have something exciting. I have something exciting to give away. We have a $50 gift card. This is my favorite hot sauce. I don't know how much you like hot sauce, Professor. Adam, I, I don't know if I've ever known you to use a lot of hot sauce. I've, I, don't, I don't really add it too much. This, okay, they have, and they have every like, range. I have a zombie mm. one. Oh, yeah. 
that's yeah. really hot. Hmm. And then I, there's one that has uh, horseradish and prosecco. So if you like Ooh, horseradish, oh well, my god, that sounds good, you guys. <laughs> it's so. The first time I tried their hot sauce, I said, "This is you can taste the vegetables that the, the sun shine and that this vegetable grew in. It's that good." I'm not like they. Here's the thing: I just give away their stuff. They're not like this is. Jerry will tell you. My husband can hear me grunt in the kitchen. He's like, "You're trying to decide what, what hot sauce is going to go on your breakfast, aren't you?" So Gindos.com, and you can uh, pick up some. You can order a, uh, a like a gift package for the holidays or get your own subscription. I'm just saying it's really good stuff. But we have a fifty dollar gift card. I'm gonna tease it now and give it away after the five thirty break because I figure out what you're uh, what we're gonna do. We take a phone call. Do we take? Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a, a contest for folks. Uh, we'll continue our conversation with Professor Joel Ostro from Benedictine College, expert in all things Russia. He's been there. He's worked there and stuff. And I'm like, oh, look, I remember something about Anastasia. I saw like a movie in the seventies. And Adam Selzer, the author of over twenty three books of fiction and nonfiction. When we come back on WCPT eight twenty. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I'm your host. We're sponsored by Monaco Brewing, Kids Above All, and European U.S. Car Service. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. Believer of theory, she leans to the right. She never gets weary of being gullible and white. She's my QAnon girl. During the uh, break, I realized that I had downgraded Benedictine University to a college, and my apologies to uh, the, the fa- faculty, the staff, the students, and alum. Uh, it is a Benedictine University. We have Professor Jill Ostro. Uh, what is it? Is it uh, political science with a focus? Yeah, I teach political science there, everything like international politics. But my expertise is... Uh, originally Russian politics, which means I also have an expertise now in um, how democracies grow and and how they die. Dumb. <laughs> Happy. Uh, yeah. That's uh, also yeah. Adam Selzer in studio with us. He's a historian and an author uh, and a, the creator of Mysterious Chicago. And we'll have more conversations about and really an incredible uh, creator, uh, not just during the pandemic, but it does like these mini tours all over Chicago every single day at 10 a.m. Yep. You can follow him on Facebook, on TikTok, all the places you can right. find this, him. This uh, Thursday night at 8 o'clock, we're doing a virtual time travel pub crawl called Drink Like the Dickens See? that we do every year. For the holidays, we're going to be going. We're going to virtually be going to uh, pubs associated with the works of Charles Dickens and recreating drinks that are also in the books. He got my mom especially hammered. Oh yeah, I got got Patty's mom really (laughs) wasted on Dickens' own recipe for punch. It was hilarious. We lit it on fire. (laughs) Yeah, you you set fire to it. It tastes like a really lemony black tea. It's it's fun to make it. It's delicious. It is. It's very very good. And uh, and I my experience with understanding Russia, its politics and history is extremely limited. Um, Like. 
like some of the like some theatrical things, but but you know, and I mean like I did some of like the I can't even remember the the, the three sisters, three sisters check off, check yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in college and things like that. Very dark and somber, and we're talking about the history uh, while the art of Russia isn't necessarily what we're talking about. It does play a component in you know in every war, right? And so right now there are creators in Ukraine who are doing TikTok videos and kind of keeping us up with what's going on. Mm. And I try to follow it. It is so um, – it's hard to follow because you, it's hard to imagine that people are living like this. Tell us a little bit about the steps and phases of this war. So uh, Russia invaded on February 24th. Uh, the Biden administration had been warning uh, – privately had been warning uh, Zelensky – uh, that Russia was planning an invasion and then publicly warning the world. And, and a lot of that was brushed off. Um, we were worried that Russia was going to roll through Ukraine. Um, Ukraine was worried that Russia was going to roll through Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know now, that that very much did not happen. I mean, they did capture a lot of territory. Uh, Ukraine was in- incredibly strategic in their use of the limited weaponry they had. Mm -hmm. Uh, The West united very quickly to deliver um, additional and better weaponry uh, so that they could defend themselves. Um, And the war really began to turn, if you remember, early in the summer. There was that long cordon of Russian tanks that got stalled outside of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they started picking off those tanks, and that really destroyed morale. Um, since then, Ukraine has been pushing Russia back uh, systematically. Uh, at first, as I as I described frequently with Joan, it was like whack-a-mole, right? Ukraine would hit one area, and then Russia would pull its forces up to reinforce, and then they'd hit that other area they'd vacated, and eventually push push Russia back uh, to where it is now. Not quite to where it was pre February twenty fourth, but but pretty good job. Um, now winter is coming, and uh, the expectation was that it would just be a long slog. Uh, but there are whispers that Russia is preparing uh, on the territory of Belarus. Putin was just there today visiting with the dictator of Belarus. Uh, and Zelensky has been warning that Russia is planning uh, another ground assault, a winter ground assault from Belarus. Mm-hmm. Um, have not heard confirmation of those worries from the U.S. side, which... I don't think they would. <laughs> well, I haven't heard confirmation award uh, now. The silence is worrisome. Let's yeah. put it that way. This, it, the silence from the U.S. side is the most worrisome. That might that seems to me to lend credence to the possibility that it's coming. Uh, so, and then most recently, the U.S. has pledged uh, one Patriot missile battery immediately, uh, being transferred from somewhere presumably in Europe to Ukraine, which will very much help combat. Uh, Russia's latest strategy, which has been to bombard uh, the uh, power stations, uh, electricity infrastructure uh, in Ukrainian uh, major Ukrainian cities. Um, yesterday, Ukraine shot down, I think it was 20 of 30, no, 20, maybe 25 of 30 Russian missiles. Uh, but that left five to get through to wipe out power oh. to half of Kiev, all of Kherson again, and part of Kharkiv, I believe, was the third. Um, and it's cold. And it takes days uh, to get those power stations back up. But the worst thing, those are Soviet-era power stations. And about three weeks ago, the news came out that Ukraine had run out of um, the transformers, Soviet-era transformers, to repair those stations. So they were appealing to the West. I'm not sure what we could do, but they're pretty handy at retrofitting things. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you need, you need the right parts, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah the right there. parts. Yeah. Wow. Like so it's 1970s big, parts, I imagine. 1970s Soviet parts. Yeah, Soviet parts. Wow. That, 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 that adjective is very so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important. <laughs> wow. Um, so, but, you know, so the, another ground division would be... It would be a risky move by Russia to do one in the winter, and and I think Ukraine just wants to make sure that they have they've been asking for uh, more tanks from NATO and have not gotten them by and large. Uh, they will need those to repel uh, a ground assault, and and it would presumably be as large or larger than the first one. So, and how do they? How I mean, the morale plays a part too. When it I mean, Ukraine is obviously fighting for their own their own land for their own their own. Uh, you know independence and what is russia just uh, are the russian soldiers fighting because they're being told to do they have are they invested in a way that will can maintain this kind of uh, onslaught well so that was the biggest problem as soon as russian soldiers started dying in that first wave morale cratered uh, there was a lot of defection. There was a lot of uh, turning, uh, friendly fire. A lot of Russians died from friendly fire. They still are. Uh, we hear the reports of the phone calls home and um, defections and, and, and criticism of, of mismanagement. And they're undersupplied. Food is is short supply for the soldiers. Uh, it, it, you name it, it's been a logistical failure on the part of the Russian military, top to bottom. Um, so morale is very low. Um, I would imagine that if they're if they are trying to organize another ground assault, it's going to be a lot of those recent draftees uh, who were men primarily oh. thirty five and older with jobs with, and uh, mortgages. Who, and kids. If they wanted to be there, they would have been there by now. Correct, and they so. are under armed, under trained. Uh, right. And about to be sent there in the winter, none of them can be particularly happy. Wow. Yeah. We are talking to Professor Joel Ostro from Benedictine University, and uh, he's a, a, an expert. He's a, his areas in political science uh, with a focus on Russia and, uh, and an understanding of how democracies grow and how they fail. Adam Selzer, a wide range of uh, history knowledge as well. Uh, I have some, um, but it's way back there. I haven't been doing. I haven't been keeping up. Adam Selzer is also uh, he's an author and a tour guide. Uh, you can find him at Mysterious Chicago. Chicago.com yep. and uh, and follow him on Twitter, on TikTok, on uh, Instagram, and all the places. Uh, do you have a? Do you want to make sure people know about any place we should be following you? I mean, like besides out of the parking lot. I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't follow me out of no, the parking just lot. Teasing, <laughs> we'll continue our very informative and detailed conversation about what's going on in Russia when we come back on WCPT eight twenty. I also want to know a little bit when we come back about how uh, you know what how this plays on the stage uh, with Republicans somehow mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. you know saying that Ukraine belongs to. Russia. Yeah, this and, is this. Like, there were Super Bowl ads. There were Russian propaganda. How did that it's happen? This is absurd. It really is. And I'm well, a third of the government just voted to overturn the government, and we're all just yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like yeah. exactly. Great quote of the new Bob Dylan interview that just came out. I have to, I have to run to the back. Hold on to the quote. <laughs> yeah, I'll find it's it. New information, explosive new information. It's how every day starts. Need for information. Get the info you need from Santita Jackson. Weekday morning, starting at six on WCPT eight twenty. Remember when you get to work to hop over to WCPT820.com or the TuneIn Radio app and stream The Stephanie Miller Show weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. on Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT820. 
I have got to give away our first Gindo's $50 gift certificate to uh, receive a... Uh, just you have to buy some of this hot. If you like, if you if you like hot sauce or anyone in your life likes hot sauce, you've got to try. We're gonna have to we're gonna talk to the folks from uh, Gindos tomorrow, and uh, one of the Ginders will be joining us. But right now, text. Oh my God! There's an apple cider hot sauce. So text ta- text Apple Barn. That's Apple Barn to seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight for your chance to win a fifty dollar gift card from our friends at Gindos. Spice of Life. You can go to guindos.com and they also have a lovely location in St. Charles. They're at 2002 West Main Street in Sweet Pea. And uh, Sweet Pea, I like that. That's kind of a, it was a little nice job getting that address. So text Apple Barn to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindos Spice of Life. Gindos.com. I have in studio with us, we have Professor Joel Ostro from Benedictine University. He is a, a pol- political science professor with an expertise in Russia and thereby uh, how democracies uh, dissolve and grow. And that's something, I don't know if that's a whole nother hour, Adam. <laughs> I mean, we saw a little bit of it today, I think. Uh, pr- uh, hope people try to protect it no. before we continue because i know you had a, a thought but let me if well let me go to your thought you were you wanted to mention something uh before the break yeah come on closer well, to the microphone so the last the last point i made yes i um, just want to say um while ukraine has been fighting heroically um russia still outnumbers ukraine and as long as uh putin is hell-bent on destroying ukraine and there is no movement inside of Russia to change the politics inside of Russia, uh, Ukraine's in trouble. Um, And it's going to be a long, long, difficult and sad ride. Um, uh, But it is extremely important for the West to stay united in supporting Ukraine because Mm -hmm. ultimately what Putin is after is to divide us, to weaken us, to break us apart, to exploit uh, to exploit that chaos for his own advantage. Sound familiar? That was Trump's strategy. Right. Do, do you think right? Putin bought any of the Trump trading cards? It <laughs> <laughs> looks I, like he I, might have designed I'm, a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of guessing. It was just kind of occurring to me that what I was thinking about. You know, NFTs would be a great way to launder money. And then I'd, oh, oh yeah. I, I think I just yeah. figured out the whole appeal of NFTs. I, I actually came up with four, uh, four <laughs> trading cards that I want, and they're all the uh, the four charges. Uh, the all the screens that they had at the January 6th committee. I want those trading cards once, once they're hopefully they're convicted. So do think, that. Go ahead. Yeah, and Adam, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, today was not a happy day in United States history. No. Uh, make no mistake, this was an awful, awful day. You had a former president of the United States, uh, a committee of Congress recommending that the Justice Department pursue charges of... Uh, of treason mm-hmm. and conspiracy to overthrow the government. Uh, this and and uh, was it Thompson or was it Kinziger who made that point? You know, we've had one president in history who has refused to accept the outcome of an election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and our democracy quite clearly hinges upon people accepting the rules of the game. And when someone with power doesn't accept the rules of the game. Even our democracy is at risk. And Trump was not there entirely by accident. Um, Regardless of the lack of uh, charges as a result of the Mueller investigation, um, there is zero doubt. That's the wrong way to put it. Kremlin uh, 
uh, operatives were very much involved in the 2016 election. Right. Mueller found that, Misinformation and disinformation. They found that Russia absolutely interfered in the Trump campaign and knew about it and welcomed it. They couldn't prove criminal intent. Uh, Partly because Trump Jr. was the, they basically ruled he was too stupid to charge. And the disinformation in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, much of that came out of Russia. Mm-hmm. Much of the disinformation in our country continues to be generated out of the Kremlin. Much of the the seeds for the QAnon BS comes out of Russian disinformation. Their purpose is to weaken, divide, undermine our stability. And then Putin looks for a way to exploit and to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Republican Party, about a third of it, yeah. uh, supports that effort, whether wittingly or unwittingly. Um, and uh, I, for one, don't cheer the apparent weakening of Trump politically, uh, because if that means the ascendance of Ron DeSantis, let me say something about Mr. DeSantis. Oh, no. uh-huh. All right. Trump was no ideologue. Trump was pro-choice. Trump was for gun control. Yeah. Trump supported the Clintons. DeSantis is an ideologue. He's an <laughs> ultra right wing authoritarian ideologue. He is against a free press. He will attack the press at every opportunity he gets. Uh, He will attack personal liberties and freedoms. He is opposed to individual liberty. He is opposed to freedom. He's opposed to democracy. He's opposed to competitive politics. And he is the Republicans' favorite choice. And the idiocy of referring to moderate Republicans supporting Kevin McCarthy. I swear I started hearing that the other day and my head exploded. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, what I would say is if if DeSantis manages to beat Trump in the primaries, Trump will absolutely start a third party. He will absolutely Which would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's you look, you look at uh, Texas 2024, Biden 47, DeSantis yeah. 40, yeah. Trump 13. Yeah, could be. Yeah, it's, could it's be. entirely a plausible. You know, there's a, there's just so many ways that things could go. And I think yeah. that's a that's a plausible yeah. one now, especially, at, frankly, after the trading cards came out. I really, <laughs> that's the first time I thought, man, DeSantis is really going to beat this guy. Do you know, did anyone buy those? They, were, they, sold, they out. sold out very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, but how many did they sell? They only sold. There was a limited number of like yeah. 5,000 available or something. I thought it was like eight, like, like yeah. Donnie Jr. and Eric. and Right. You know. Well, there's also the, the um, you could only buy a maximum of 100 a piece at $99, which, which means the maximum, maximum buy was just under what they would investigate for money laundering. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So mm-hmm. it's uh, hard to know how many of these might have come from foreign governments. Plus, if you mm-hmm. bought uh, a whole set, which would be about 5000 bucks, uh, you got a ticket for dinner with the former president. That's a pretty good price for dinner with the former president. Folks, Five, this guy knows to. way too much about this. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, well, NFTs were so <laughs> last year. Like Baseball cards are so... Th- for 30 years ago. <laughs> and how many you know, cents did you buy? Oh, wow. Well, well, you know, I, was, I just had to figure, you know, the price of baseball cards between 1988 and 1990 have been going up about 300%. If this trend continues, <laughs> Let me take a call from a listener who wants to join our conversation. It's Dave in Hoffman Estates. You're on the air with Adam Selzer, author and historian, as well as a historian and political expert, uh, well, and, and off a lot of you guys, I could just sit back and just listen to this conversation. Professor Jill Ostro from Benedictine University. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, Patty. Hey, Professor. Hey, I'm, hey. Uh, yeah, that dinner. Yeah, they probably get stuck with the bill at the end too. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna well played about the, the Ukraine mm-hmm. now, where they say where history repeats. If it doesn't repeat, it may 
in, um, may just kind of rhyme itself is uh, mm-hmm. uh, back in 39 and 40, Russia thought the same thing with Finland. And unlike Ukraine, though, Finland didn't get no aid. They wanted aid in that time, but they couldn't. At the yeah. Time. Anywho, the, um, now, with those tanks and stuff, are those those uh, T-72s? Oh, good question. I don't know about that. We were giving them any of our tanks. You know, we weren't. And there was that time we were going to make that deal with Poland to give them um, MiGs. They would get our, you know, Poland would get our our new, more modern planes. Right. I don't think the the Ukrainians, you know, could, you know, whatever uh, the equipment and stuff, they weren't up with it and... Well, that deal happened. Um, and one of the most surprising things about this whole war is Russia's uh, total inability to control the airspace. <laughs> and that's the main reason uh, why uh, that ground assault failed. And, and it's also the reason why Ukraine wants Patriot batteries now, because they don't expect Russia to make the same mistakes a second time. Um, and um, so... It is an urgent need to get uh, surface-to-air missiles, uh, air defense systems into Ukraine. Uh, Zelensky has been calling for it since the beginning of the war. Um, I think maybe we were banking on Russia not trying another full-scale ground invasion. I don't know. But there's no way they can do it. If they do it again like they did before, they're just going to get wiped out. It's hard to imagine they're that stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've imagined lots of things. We've about imagined them lots of out. things. Yeah. Um, no. Like you're saying, these guys are getting picked up, and one day, two days later, they're in the front getting put up. Correct. The beach, right. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I've, I've read also about with the fratricide, the fratricide and stuff over there too, where they've been killing officers and you know stuff like that. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so the immediate to the front, those folks have been sent to. Uh, the Donetsk region uh, in eastern Ukraine, uh, and and certainly that has happened for many of these recent uh, call-ups from from the uh, conscription that happened over the summer. Uh, but the the news is that um, that there are large battalions training in Belarus that have been training for a couple of months, and that there seems to be evidence that the Ukrainian intelligence has picked up that that they're preparing to mobilize for another. Assault. So those would be probably a lot of those same individuals, but if they've had a couple months of training and who knows how they're armed, so that that's a real concern. Um, yeah. That's I, a real concern. Stay with those patriots. That's the big thing too is getting them trained. And I understand. Yeah, we put some troops away in the far western part to train them, but they, they were told no combat. Well, the the patriot missile training is going to happen in Germany. It already is happening. It's supposed to take, I think they said, 28 days. Uh, but based on how Ukraine has done with other weapon systems, um, particularly the HIMARS systems, uh, there is some thought that a, a week might be enough. Uh, to give you an example, so those HIMARS systems, you might remember um, when we first provided those, uh, when the president uh, announced this on, in a, a, a national address, uh, promised that uh, only rockets with a range of 50 miles were going to be provided, and the HIMARS had been um, retrofitted so that they could only have a 50-mile radius. And I, I was immediately saying, well, that's no good, because we're providing so few, they need to be able to hit both the Crimea area and across the Donetsk, and at that time up in Kharkiv, they can't move them around that fast. 
but that was a, apparently that was all we gave them. So and let me, they let me re, re- retrofit them. They put they their Soviet era rockets uh-huh. into the HIMARS, and that's why they've been able to hit points all across the front and into Russia. Recently. Right, because the thing, let me just, from my own understanding, is if they have only a 50 mile radius, if they fire one, then they are vulnerable because they they know where it's coming from. Correct. Okay, I just want to make sure that I understand. Too. Yeah. That too. Okay. Yeah. And how do you like to be the guy who has to retrofit a missile? That just sounds like such a dangerous job. But to think about how, how yeah. excellent they've been at it. Yeah, they've been good at it. But man, I'm not glad only that's to, not my job. Not only to retrofit them, but, but presumably those Soviet-era missiles we know from Russia's use are not as accurate. Yeah. But, but Ukraine's targeting has been incredibly accurate. Wow. So Insane. Yeah. They don't want us you know, firing into Russia, but it's like they got carte blanche, whatever town they want to hit. Yeah. 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 That's the one. Thanks, Dave. Kind of oh. But anyway, yeah, exactly. let me clear off. I'm sure you might have some others, but I just thought that, you know, share a little These guys, these guys are, I'm, I'm just enjoying this conversation. It's fun to have people back <laughs> in the studio again. You know, yeah. let's get great energy and a great conversation. Thanks, Dave. Have a great night. All right. Be Thanks. well. You too. Thank you. Let me take a break here. And uh, don't forget to, t- to text Apple Barn to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Gindos.com. I'll let you know who won the gift card before the end of the show and get that information off to Jerry, our, uh, our prize wrangler, uh, Jerry <laughs> Walski, who was helping out tremendously. Thank you, Jerry. We'll take a break here. We're in studio with Professor Joe Ostro from Benedictine University, and he's a political science professor with an expertise in Russia and... And I want to talk about democracies and how, uh, I mean, what is happening? Adam <laughs> Selzer, uh, one of my one of my dearest friends that I've known for over a decade, he came into studio at another station that I had a show. And uh, and I said, I, I need to collect you. And I believe I'm also collecting the professor. I just, uh, along the way, I'm like, I like this conversation. I want to continue this. Uh, so Adam is a the creator of MysteriousChicago.com. Every single day, you can uh, enjoy a mini, mur- a mini tour, yeah. um, like Mural yeah, Mondays. Mural Monday. There's, yeah. there's this whole alley in Evanston where uh, there's yeah. one artist has painted up everybody's garage. Oh, and it was I just really that. cool to see. I want that. I mean, the garages are such blank spaces, you they know, really especially are. within the alley. Why not? We have the best know? alleys in the. I don't know if it's true, but I say we have the best alleys in the world. I, I would say so. I, I can't think of who's got better alleys. New York, Manhattan doesn't even have, have alleys. No, they got the rats. And, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we got the good alleys. Let's de- mm-hmm. let's pretty them up. More after this on WCPT eight twenty mm-hmm. Heartland Signal. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. You are listening to Driving It Home. I'm Patty Vasquez. In the studio, we have author, historian, and uh, incredible both virtual and in-person tour guide, Adam Selzer, the creator of Mysterious Chicago. He has his uh, Drink Like the Dickens this Thursday at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I also start doing uh, virtual comedy shows every Thursday, and I've had to miss so many of them. It makes me sad. Uh, But uh, Adam realized that he could, uh, all these great tours, he's not locked into land or time anymore, and he can take you everywhere. When I first thought we could do a virtual pub crawl early early in lockdown, and I, well, if it's virtual, we're not bound by time or space. Why not go to the Everlay Club? You know, that's been closed for 115 years. It, was, it got me through some really rough times. I think a lot of people. It's a wonderful community of uh, Mysterians. Oh, yeah, the, the the regulars who locked onto the show, the Mysterians, are just a fantastic bunch of people. You know, I've been it's been very careful to curate it. If somebody comes on there being a jerk, they're out fast. Yeah, I, I've done the same thing, and even people I've known for a long time. On, yeah. on, we do whiskey and a cookie every Friday night, where we talk about. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll maybe someday we'll have you on and do uh, vodka and a uh, what kind of pastry would you have with 
cookies. Uh, go with cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I find that they go well with M and M's. Oddly enough, oh. yeah, I'm peanut M and M's. I don't know why. That's uh, uh, professor, professor Jill Ostroff, yeah. Benedictine <laughs> University, a political science professor with an expertise in Russia and uh, how democracies grow and fail. <laughs> Um, does it feel like we came? I mean, like, I remember, okay, I, I had a professor in uh, uh, University of Illinois, uh, Professor Mark Leff, and we talked a lot about, oh, yeah. did you know Mark? I don't know of, him, of him. I know of him. So he, so he did a lot of uh, the Great Depression and World War II and what it was about our our society, our government, that prevented us from d- going down the slippery slope of, of authoritarianism. Um, and one was our newness. See, I can do a little bit of history. <laughs> one was a little bit of our youth. And uh, a lot of it was, you know, what we were based on uh, and how we were connected in different ways. W- would you say that we have gr- we've drifted a lot? I mean, social media has changed that. Uh, the impact of the Russian government getting involved in our elections has had an impact. Uh, does it does it we don't have necessarily the same things in place that made us less vulnerable to being taken over by a dictator today? What? made our democracy strong was our institutions, uh, as basically every member of the January 6th committee uh, articulated in one way or another today. Uh, And the central institutions uh, politically for us uh, have been the way the parties operated. So we have two parties. We have an electoral system, which is first past the post, which means whoever gets the most votes, not necessarily majority, wins. And that mitigates against third parties and strengthens the two major parties because third parties don't have a chance to get that plurality. Mm-hmm. As we were just talking off right. air when he said if Trump doesn't get the nomination, he'll form his own party, run yeah, as an I'm independent, sure and then the, one uh, of the other two will I, win. I would bet 50 bucks right now there's going to be the Patriot Party running. So what that does is it had both the Democratic candidates and the Republican candidates competing for the bulk of the voters in the middle. And then... That translated in Congress into pork barrel politics, right? It didn't matter if Tip O'Neill was speaker or someone else was speaker or Republican. Republicans and Democrats worked together. Um, And the language in the Senate and even the language you still hear in the House is a product of that era, that respect. It's like... You know, With all due respect, and to the gentleman right, from the gentleman, Montana, right. right, my friend, the senator yes. from right. Missouri, right, and that was that's the Senate that. Joe Biden still remembers, although it was starting to fragment even during his time. Thanks, there. Newt. Mm. But so but there's so many factors, and we yes. we don't have time. But <laughs> right, the the demise of the institution of journalism. The four, it was called the Fourth Estate for mm-hmm. a reason, and in some ways, it was the glue that held everything together. Yeah. And because you had the gatekeepers over information, they kept the wackos in the dark corners. Right. And the politicians continued to compete in the center. Now you have a situation where, and it did start with Newt, um, there's a great book called How Democracies Die by a former grad student friend of mine, uh, Steve Levitsky, and, and, and uh, co-author David Ziblatt, mm-hmm. started with that message that Gingrich had that, that they're not just political opponents, they're enemies. Right. Yes. Right. And win at all costs. And that radicalized the Republican Party and made them uh, take a position where we're not going to work with Democrats, even in Congress. That undermined right. those guardrails. back rails. to him overplaying his hands. Right, you know? right. Now and then, he, he went to the same college I did. Now and then, I'm like, hey, knew you dog-ass. Uh, yep. <laughs> can you, uh, for, just for a fellow West Georgia alum, can you please stop being a thing? Like, Go back and look at nobody, the language. You know? <laughs> Go back and look at the language of every single House speaker since Newt. Always more radical, more extreme. Yeah. Whether Democrat or Republican. Mm-hmm. Right? John Boehner was hailed by CNN as this centrist. He was a little... Yeah. 
did he take money. He was not a And then Paul but, Ryan was hailed as an institutional. Uh, he was right. a Tea Party was, wacko. Yeah. Right. One, one of my proudest accomplishments, you know. One of my proudest. I took a school group on the uh, the Capitol tour. Managed to hold in a really big fart till it was right outside of Paul Ryan's <laughs> office. So, so, but that's 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 the crux of the problem is uh, the buy-in into the system has been eroded. And so now you have politicians who are rejecting our system, primarily on the right. Still, the Democratic Party is trying to hold democracy together. And most Democrats would love to go back to that time of centrist incremental change. Most, right? Most. But not all. And the Democratic Party is moving in that dangerous direction as well. I used to tease my students, the extreme left and the extreme right, they meet behind your back and it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I don't know if you guys want to continue this conversation. Uh, I don't know if you can. I'll keep talking. Yeah. Can I can you, stay can as long say? as you want. Yeah. Uh, well, they'll kick me out at seven. You guys can talk right. as long as you want. All right, we've got <laughs> Professor Jill Ostro staying on. Uh, continue this conversation. Jim, if you'll hang on, I'll take your uh, I'll take your call when we come back. We're in studio with Professor Jill Ostro. I borrowed him from Joan. Joan, I probably should have sent a text. Thank you uh, for introducing us at your party. Um, a great conversation in studio also with uh, with. She's off this week, so we're good. I know, but uh, I love John so much. Uh, Adam Selzer, historian and tour guide. We'll find out more about all the things coming up with uh, with Adam, including his book, his latest book that you can find for Christmas uh, if you have someone in your yeah. family that loves cemeteries or history or all things Chicago. Oh, yeah, the new Graceland Cemetery book. Graceland Cemetery, Chicago Stories, Symbols, and Secrets uh, from University of Illinois Press. That would be a, that's a good book for me to get. More in a moment on mm-hmm. WCPT 820. We're driving it home till 7. Oh, I'm your host, Patty. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. You are listening to WCPT 820. I'm your host, Patty Vasquez, and we're driving it home until 7. I hope that uh, my traffic report doesn't mess you up too much on your travel time home. Uh, but I'm doing my best. I lost the screen there for a second. In studio, we have Adam Selzer. Uh, he's a historian, a an author of over, is it 23, 24? Uh, somewhere in there, like 20-something. One year, uh, Professor Ostro, Joel Ostro also joins us in studio, uh, professor of political science at Benedictine University with a specialty in Russia and how democracies fall and also grow. How do we grow it? Um, one year, I got a book called The Smart Alex Guide to History. Is that right? Yeah. Smart Alex Guide to American History. For my son. Someone sent it to my son, and I was like, hey, my friend wrote this. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's a very good book. A lot of great books, including uh, Play Me Backwards. Uh, there's so many. Like YA books, uh, history books, <clears throat> H.H. H. H. Holmes, <laughs> uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, and of course now Graceland Cemetery. Yeah. And uh, so where can folks, where's the best place you would like people to find your work? Uh, wherever. Just Google any title. Google my name. It's uh, it, it all works out the same. You should always support your local indie bookstore. I found a bookstore. Do you know the haunted bookstore in Iowa? I just found no. their I just found their uh, Twitter handle because they tweeted that they are not going to be carry. They don't carry any J.K. Rowling books anymore. Ah, nice. And they won't support her work because she goes out of her way to attack. Just out of her way. Out really? Of her way. She really does. Yeah, it's insane. It's not just that she happens to think like that. She goes out of her way to make sure everybody knows it and rip on people who don't. Yeah. It's a, and, and this goes kind of to our conversation about uh, demonizing the other in order to control people in the way they think and uh, and, and to like basically so There's some things that are beyond the pale. You it's know? really beyond the pale. <clears throat> Jim from Chicago wanted to join our conversation. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind, my friend? Jim? I know I pushed all the right buttons, Jim. I've got this right. That one's on, and you're on. 
Jim, did you take a break? All right, I'm gonna come back and see if you're there in a minute. <laughs> I I know I've got. Do I have something? Is there something else? No. Okay. <laughs> Some days things just go a little bit sideways, Professor. Um, so we were talking about. I want to know because okay, did you watch? Did you both watch the January sixth uh, committee hearings? And the I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts, Adam? Well, mostly it was just kind of the greatest hits. Yes. They kind of replayed all replayed all of the hits, and yeah, as you were saying, it's not. This is not a good day, but it would be a worse day if they hadn't made the referrals. Yeah, I. Uh, if was, they hadn't had to, that would be better. That would be better. <laughs> that would be yeah, better. Yeah. But if they had just decided to let it slide, um, as so many people have, so many people have just gone back to saying, "Oh, it was just a normal tourist visit. That wasn't that big of a yeah. deal." And like the, yeah. a third of the government voted to uh, uphold the terrorist demands. Right. Like that 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 line in the new Dylan interview is like, "The Earth could vomit up its dead, and could be raining blood, and we'd shrug it off, cool as cucumbers." Oh, that's the Bob and, Dylan quote. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. We would. Well, and, and even worse than that, Adam, is if you remember on January 6th, 7th, and 8th, the speeches on the floor by the likes of McConnell or McCarthy mm-hmm. and others. And where has that been since, yeah. right? They immediately went back with that 30%. The entirety of the yeah, Republican they're just, well, they're, they're just so scared of the Trump supporters. Uh, yeah, I don't That's, even buy that anymore. Yeah, you don't think I, so? What do you no, think it is? I, what? What do you think this it is? is what they really I think like it's the what they really want. Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. They'd rather have power for the Republican Party with no chance of any opposition. Right. This That's is what they want. Mitch, Mitch McConnell is not They're some not. centrist. He is a cold, no. evil man who yeah. will do whatever it takes. Yeah. I mean, look at systematic attacks on individual liberties, mm-hmm. whether for women, uh, people of color. Um, the the whole bid, remember back, uh, the, the refusal to... Um, even negotiate or meet with President Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, disgusting. It, uh, that that's not how democracy. Democracy. Yeah, another so, whole plan is to go through Hunter Biden's laptop. That's democracy is a system that no. assumes conflict, mm-hmm. right? And it is a system for of institutions and processes for the peaceful resolution of conflict. So mm-hmm. you have the leaders of the Republican Party, uh, McConnell. Um, at the time, Paul Ryan. No, we will not work right. with the other side. Right? That's political violence. Mm-hmm. It's not shooting, but it's violence against our system. Our system demands the mutual respect, cooperation to meet the interests of the majority of the population. And you have, it's not 30%, it's 48% yeah. right. rejects that. And the entirety, 100% of elected Republicans reject that. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I mean, a few have said bye-bye, like Kinziger. And let's... Kind of. Kinziger and Liz Cheney are they, not they, they moderate have, they, Republicans. Right. They just had their limits. They're yeah. just They just kind of had a certain <laughs> limit at some point that should have been an easy floor for people to find, yeah. you would think. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, I'm sure there are factors before this, but Rush Limbaugh just made it so cool to have your whole politics be just, I hate liberals. Yes. Yeah. Well, how much or do you... I hate. Yeah, yeah I or hate. just I hate. Yes. Yeah. How much of a role would you, I mean, 
with the Federal Society and organizations like that <laughs> that have had some. I mean, so that was I mentioned earlier. Uh, somebody who uh, I'm familiar with, uh, Mark Pauletta, yeah. who is part of the Federal Society. Like his goal has always he was part of getting Clarence Thomas. He's best friends mm-hmm. with him. And when they were doing the uh, hearings, and Anita Hill testified, mm-hmm. she there were other witnesses that were to corroborate that. And he and somebody else basically threatened them. One of them was in the middle of a custody battle. Like this has been going on for decades. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you know we see the face of Newt Gingrich and the hundred day contract or whatever it was. And and again, the contract hating the on America, right? Yeah. And yeah. then. <laughs> I think he called it with America. Yeah, you, that's but what it was a contract on, on yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> he meant yeah. on. I'm glad you said that because that's how I refer to it. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I got it from Michael you Moore, can stay. I think. But, well, <laughs> yeah. And look, wait, look, we were disappointed when I remember when Clinton won and there I had high hopes. And then he, you know, whether it was don't ask, don't tell or look, Hillary was always somebody. You know, people have been talking about how like for the last 10 years or 20 years that Hillary has been in the laser sights of conservatives. It's been <laughs> since day one. Since the minute yeah, she was the first yeah. lady of Arkansas. She uh, has been yeah. in the uh, yeah. the yeah. subject of endless conspiracy theories. For sure. Yeah. 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 yeah but so, I mean, like, if so, like, but let's, but, let's not glorify. Look, I mean, I'm proud of my votes for President Obama, but in the halls of my suite where the political science department is at Benedictine, to rile one of my close colleagues who is a huge supporter, I labeled him Captain Sellout. Yeah. Hmm? Because what changed as a result of the hope? Goldman, nobody from Goldman Sachs went mm-hmm. to prison. Right? Yep. Jeremy Diamond still runs Chase and is still one of the richest guys in the world. How are none of these guys in prison? I, mean, I heard Diamond on uh, Face of the Nation, I think, and like I don't want to listen to that show anymore. Like the, the yeah. drivel that was pouring out mm-hmm. of his mouth. Oh my God! Yeah, what? I mean, uh, how yeah. do these people? How did nobody end up in prison for what happened in two thousand eight? That's again, what Obama campaigned on. That was yes. the hope and change. Yes, and and, and bailed them all out for yes. mismanaging our economy. And yeah. then they all helped to reelect them, right? Yeah. So much for the small donations. It was all the corporate stuff See, the second time. That, and that's the thing when we talk about Democrats. Is, and I've talked about this, and I can't remember who said it, but you know, you should be working to to protect people rather than stay in your job. Yeah. You should be doing your job instead of trying to keep your job. But it's part of that, right? He went that way when the Republicans went, you know, under no circumstances will we collaborate with him. So under no circumstances can we lose. That's what happened in Russia, right? In 1996, when Yeltsin was up for re-election, if I lose, the whole country falls apart. That's not how democracy is supposed to work. And so they stole the election. And that set the precedent for stealing the next election, yeah. handing it to mm-hmm. Putin rather than allowing a Democrat. And then, right, we have to be in power because we're in power, so we're going to stay in power. We're not that far away from that. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's good that Bart did that. It's very, very good. <laughs> mm. let's, let's take a break here and see if we've got uh, Jim who wanted to join the conversation. But also I want to ask when we come back, uh, you know, is – I have to figure out the question. But is it the – We'll respond anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but – 
here, let me let me try to plan it in some way, which is that I mentioned the Federalist Society. They have a focus. They know exactly what they're going for. Liberals mm. don't necessarily use the same don't use the same tactics when it comes to marginalizing people, and so like gaining control and forcing people and you know sort of maintaining power is a slippery issue for us. Anyway, that's what I want to talk about when we come back. WCPT eight twenty. We're driving it home till seven. I'm in studio with author, historian, tour guide Adam Selzer, the creator of Mysterious Chicago. We also have Professor Joe Ostro on loan from Joan Esposito's show from Benedictine University. He's a, a political science professor as well as an expert in Russia and democracies, how they fail, but also grow. How do they Let's work on that one? You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Hello, I'm so excited to have in studio with us Professor Jill Ostro from Benedictine University, professor of political science with his expertise in Russia and uh, democracies, how they grow and fail. And Adam Selzer, author, historian, and uh, and tour guide every single day. You can catch his many tours at 10 a.m. I don't know how he does it, uh, but he gets up really early. That, that much I know. I, I do get up really early. Yes. There are many days when I wake up thinking, oh, man, I don't know where I'm going today. It, <laughs> it's, you've got then, I can always time. just go to the cemetery or something and find a weird name or something. Mm. We'll figure out who that guy is. I love it. I love it. We've, we also had uh, Jim who was trying to get in here. Let me see if I have you, Jim. All right. Hey, Jim, can you hear me? Hey. Yeah, can you hear me? Hey. hey. All right. Hey. What's up? Uh, your, your, your guests should appreciate this week, and this is a Siberian Christmas. It's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. 80, to uh. and about 80, 80 below zero, so the professor should be warmed up for this Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say that what's got me goofy today is every time there's a brief synopsis of this uh, hearing, this is symbolic. This is symbolic. This is every news outlet. This is symbolic. This is symbolic. This is symbolic. This is symbolic. Well, I recall the Nixon uh, hearings, and when John Dean came on, I didn't hear the word symbolic tossed around. He was on the hot seat. He knew it. In fact, I used to kid my Republican friends uh, at the racetrack when, when when Trump was first elected. I said, they've got that Nixon helicopter all polished up for Trump. I said, the only difference is they've got to get a bigger door because his barrier is about five times the size of Nixon's, you know. But my point being, they massaged this man uh, in the rhetoric. How can they call this symbolic? He's got fake electors, fake electors, if you can believe this. They, they, they had regular electors that were legit, and then they had fake electors. Give me what your professor, one president in the United States that attempted to bring into a room fake electors and get away with it. And get away, and that run for president, but now he run for president, but he's got those screwballs fighting over who's going to be the House uh, man, uh, McCarthy, and they're all behind this Trump. They they love this guy. They think they're going to waltz home with this nut. And here he's, he should be in prison. There's no question about it. Well, I think that's what makes it and, symbolic, though, right? Because the House is not going to 
Well, first of all, yeah, Trump they, can't they be can't impeached anymore. Yeah. He's already been impeached twice. He's not in office. They can't arrest him. Mm-hmm. Nixon was still in office. He just won a second term. And those hearings led to what would have been an impeachment and a conviction by the Senate. And that was why... Uh, you know, the Republican leadership at the time went to the Oval Office and told him he needed to step down or he was going to be pulled out. Uh, and then those hearings, you know, John Dean did go to prison. Mm-hmm. The Justice Department did charge and prosecute him. And he and Haldeman and others went to prison as a, as, as a result. Uh, the symbolic thing is it, that Congress has no power to do that. It has to be the Justice Department. Um, so... The recommendation that they uh, prosecute uh, the former president um, is a it's a major step. It is unprecedented in American history. Um, But from the perspective of of what's going to happen, it's symbolic. Professor, but he's he's at president. I mean, this is a president. He's 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 on president. I mean, I mean, mean, so you have to have the criteria where you've you've got a person who is unprecedented in the history of the United States. So what do we do? So the president, we can't do anything to him? No, they're, I mean, they're referring no, the, the, yeah, the, the House doesn't have the power to arrest people. Right. right. So they're referring him to the people that can. Yeah. Right. That's well, it. I, yeah, but, I mean, but Jack Smith, has the, uh, Jack Smith. Right. It's non-binding. Uh, I, but isn't the Smith character supposed to be uh, uh, up on top of this? He, he's prosecuted every criminal from here to China, Dick. Oh, yeah, uh, and this guy's not messing around so yeah, far either. Yeah. 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 I, uh, look, I mean, what's, hey. your, what's your bet? What's yeah. your bet? You, I think they're going to prosecute. What's your bet? I think, what I think, do you think? You want to bet? You want to bet on anything? I'll go last. Jim, Jim's, a be- Jim's a betting guy. He, uh, he and my dad would have been friends at the racetrack. I'm just telling you. Eastman's going to prison. Eastman's going to prison. Eastman's going to prison. If I had Giuliani, to, might go to if, prison. If I had to bet, Eastman's going to prison. Giuliani might go to prison. Trump will fly to some country with which we have no extradition treaty before Probably. they come for him. Yeah. I, I like Adam's answer. Can I go? With that's him? that's my guess anyway. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy safe beer. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> see, now, see, now, Jim's it's a... just him and his trading cards. Jim's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jim's an old school liberal who's a feminist who is, uh, you know, believes in civil rights All in, in a, in a guy from the South Side who, you know, is you can hear he gets fired up. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's Democrat. I mean, like, I know today I, I uh, there was one of the police officers who was at the Capitol 6 trying to hold the line has stepped down. He's, he's retiring. He has served in the military and so that you know they they took this from him you know mm-hmm. they, they attacked him and and uh mm-hmm. and he's been injured as a result and he just he can't do this job anymore and i just tweeted you know thank you for your service i wish you the best and you know it's, it's a lot of people and i was so surprised at how many times people reacted to it and then of course there's one person who was like well you know what about the thousands of officers who were attacked during the blm protest first of all mm-hmm. first of oh, all no, the, re- the reaction yeah. but the re- but but the but the police departments are the military, they, they were all prepared and were pushing back and attacking his back. And, and you know, the, the, and look, no police officer should be injured in a situation like that. There were people who were taking advantage of a situation of civil unrest. But for the most part, I mean, like it, they were important protests mm-hmm. uh, and it did change a lot of what is happening in this country when it comes to how police and, and look, it's going to take a long time. You had people who, who were attacking our capital, as we talked about our institution and because they did not believe that the election was fair and had been rightfully won by Biden. Right. The yeah, Black I'm, Lives Matter protesters were 
protesting for democracy, uh, yes. for mm. equal protection under the law, yes. for civil rights. Yeah. The January 6th yeah, it's, insurrectionists it's, were rioting to eliminate democracy from the territory of the United States of America. Yeah, and as we saw in the testimony again today, how President Trump sat for hours just watching it unfold, didn't send in backup, did not protect the law enforcement. I don't know how anybody in law enforcement still thinks that Trump is their guy. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. He's white. He antagonizes people they hate. Oh, my God. See, and we'll come back on that. Because that's the thing. We don't like to... I mean, because... I can't more. Well, no, I well, I'm a guest, so I can say it. He's <laughs> white. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, it's not that. It's that. I mean, I don't want to say that, that liberals are namby pambies, but it's. But we're also we don't we don't uh, use the language of hate. Um, George Lakoff, his book uh, "Don't Think of an Elephant," right? Uh, you know, is that we're not good with using language talking about how liberty is clean air and having access to medical care and having autonomy over your body. There's a woman in Idaho who yeah. went for two weeks with a dead fetus in her yeah. body because they wouldn't give her medical treatment that would right. be and then, so letting, making her carry a corpse around in her body until it poisons her. Mm-hmm. What? What? Well, how is that freedom? How is it patriotic to do that to somebody? Anybody? Nope. nope no, I got it. Yeah. All right, then. That's all I wanted to say. And the way they just pervert patriotism. Like, yes. all the time yeah. in their, their comments, they're always calling themselves we the people. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you're not we the people. You're a handful of wackos. You know, I, Eventually, uh, you might be a bunch of nuts. They say, but, you know, America. So ask them to define, okay, what what actually is it about America that you support? Right. Yeah. And... You don't hear the truths that we hold to be self-evident coming out of the room. Right. And that's certainly nothing about promote the general welfare. No. Can we, no. Talk, can we talk more Supreme Court when we come back? I want to talk about the Supreme Court again. The whole, like, the, well, that wasn't in the Constitution, so it doesn't, mm. it doesn't get any protections. <laughs> yeah, there's no penguins in the Bible, so penguins don't exist. Right. Penguins ain't natural to man. Oh, Look man. It up. Read your Bible. We're doing Bible talk on Saturday, by the way, on uh, Christmas yeah. Eve. Uh, in a good way, folks, just about what, you know, well, why we celebrate Christmas. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. I'm doing traffic in a minute. I'm sure it'll go smoothly. <laughs> Tune into the Tom Hartman radio program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Hey, want to remind you that we are wrapping up 2022 with some Gindo Spice of Life gift cards. Thanks to Mary and Chris Ginder. They uh, they are giving us $50 gift cards to give away every single day through the end of the year. That's a total of 10 gift cards for 10 lucky Driving at Home listeners. Today, the the word of the day, well, the phrase is Apple Barn because they have a, a hot sauce that has uh, apples, got apple cider and stuff. 
really. I can't. These guys are amazing. It's I got apple cider, and I, don't, I can't read that. There's something in cursive. I need my glass. Oh my god, I'm at that point now where I need glasses to read stuff to Adam. Yeah, it's come to that point. Yeah, my ophthalmologist told me, you know, in a couple of years you're going to need readers. No, I'm not. And like a week later, yes. I needed the readers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at one, which I'm, I feel good about. I'm uh, at 1.0. But uh, so there's also one that has a cherry limeade hot sauce, and there's ooh. also a, a bacon jam and coffee, which I have amazing on my eggs. You guys, it's okay. I gotta stop. My mouth starts to water whenever I think about these guys. <laughs> and by the way, I'm wearing my Gale Street uh, baseball hat. Uh, George, who is one of the greatest restaurant owners on the planet. Sorry, George, I have to say it. Uh, they are closing for the holidays so that his crew can have a break. Um, of course, one of the best restaurants on the Northwest Side, serving up some of the best ribs anywhere. Uh, we are in studio with Adam Selzer, author, historian, tour guide. And um, you can go to mysterious.com to find out about all the great events <laughs> coming. Yep. Mysterious Chicago. Sorry, or, or Mysterious. Adam Chicago, if that's easier to remember. That works, too. And I missed the H.H. Holmes uh, tour that you did yesterday. The virtual oh, yeah. The, the, for, for Sunday mornings, I do a full-length tour, but I don't decide what it's going to be until that morning. It's just one, one from the archives. Awesome. Yeah. So. You, you, when you watch him, you're like, I should do something like that. And then you watch the, the volume of work that he does, and you're like... And no, I shouldn't. And I'm like, uh, you know, i got to watch this uh, <laughs> Megan and Harry special on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> professor Joel Ostro from Benedictine University, professor of political science with a expertise in Russia and democracies. Uh, let me see. Someone just texted me. His name is Jerry. Uh, Jerry says that a stronger case against Trump is him taking, oh, the classified documents. There's, there's the, yeah. yeah. Something we kind of forget is, you know, the, yeah. well, they brought up a bit of the Georgia stuff today, but calling the Georgia Secretary of State and saying, find me more votes. Yeah, yeah. That's a strong case right there. Yeah, he might get uh, prosecuted in, in Georgia. Georgia for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, this is all in addition to all of the sealing classified documents and stuff. So and stealing can, money, the yeah, Trump organization. Money. Let's not yeah, forget there's that. that too. <laughs> and, and on and on and on. What, what, okay, well, there's so many things that I want to talk about with you guys. Uh, so uh, I don't even know where to start. Although, did you see that picture of Jared Kushner? And e, I'm sorry, I'm looking around. I'm, using, I'm accessing parts of my <laughs> brain, Elon. Professor. He's looking at uh, Elon Musk and Jared Kushner in the, in the yeah. box yeah. and guitar. Yeah. At we the really, I really did underestimate. I, I, I assumed there was a little bit of snake oil in there. It was clearly some charisma before, but I really underestimated how stupid that guy is. Which one? It's, uh, well, no, I never overestimated Kushner on any level whatsoever. So bad. It's like, I was just kind of stunned by, wait a minute, I'm older than that guy? <laughs> and, and the reason I bring it up is because, you know, well, someone... I don't mean I don't mean to attack an entire ethnic group, but the whole Afrikaans <laughs> thing has me a little hesitant to begin with with Musk. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Yeah, yeah. No. And, and the whole thing, I mean... He uh, plays the role. Right. I, uh, I, I have to, I'm trying to remember what I was, because I don't know how Trump is responding, right? Because we get kind of like screenshots of things from Truth Social. And, and somebody said last week that uh, the trading cards are a show of desperation. I just think of it, it's pathetic. I don't even know if it's desperate, really, because it's, he really he believes it. But he also believes that he's cool enough to pull that off. And yeah. then people buy it, and it, it reinforces the idea that he should be doing that. You know what I mean? If he wants to just go off and sell trading cards for the rest of time... You can do that from prison. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. do that from whatever country he's going to fly off to no next. Yeah. It's like, well, really, the people who are buying those things, it is morally wrong to let stupid people keep all their money. No. <laughs> do, you, do you get a sense, yes, do you get a sense that there's a, a possibility that the Republicans, because they gave everything over to Trump, right? When they were running in 15, they would said that Rubio, Rubio said that don't elect him, and Cruz said don't elect him, he's a con man. Mm-hmm. And, and all, but all of them now, as you mentioned, are lockstep with him. 
Uh, is there if he maybe he'll do a third party? I don't know. But at some point, he's got to start going after DeSantis, who, as you mentioned, is far more dangerous because he's effective. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's accomplished all the things he's setting out to do in Florida, even though I just read this thing about how their uh, their insurance policies for their homes mm-hmm. have doubled mm-hmm. and, and they still voted for him. So, mm-hmm. And people are writing about how they have to leave Florida. Yeah, I, I just don't see him having that same cult of personality appeal, which is what which is what Trump was able to do. Right, because we don't have the, the decades of people thinking that he was charming on the... Right. On he what, but Adam, he doesn't have to have it. If he's yeah. the most radical candidate in the primary, mm. he'll get the nomination. Mm. And then it's it's a razor's edge who wins, yeah. if there's no third candidate. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so he easily... It's not about... It's not about charisma on the right anymore. It's about extremism. Right. Well, it's, it's, all gonna come, extremist. It's, yeah, it's all going to come down to the, what are the suburbs going to do in the end. So his so. charisma was a Trojan horse for extremism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You guys, thank you so much, Republicans. You really did an awesome job. Congratulations. <laughs> With a lot of expletives sort of implied yeah. right there. That's just freaking great. Uh, but... But they're so blind to it. I mean, I, I talk to people. I mean, I've, I grew up in this neighborhood, which is a fairly conservative area. We have a lot of uh, first responders. We have a lot of folks who, let me put it this way. When uh, Harold Washington ran for mayor, he lost his neighborhood by about 78%. And Epton mm-hmm. won, you know, whatever it was, 22%. Mm-hmm. And when Obama ran, he it, it was almost the exact same flipped numbers mm-hmm. because this became a very heavy union community mm-hmm. and, you know, got to vote with the vote blue but with a, with Trump it was 51% Trump and about 49% so that was in 2015 2016 and then uh, similar numbers close uh, for the last election and I and I so I see that I grew up in this neighborhood knowing that there were a lot of problems being the only Latina in my grade school and being picked on and called all kinds of names and uh, and 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 they kind of abated for a little bit. The immigration issue became something where even in comedy, people told me I can't really book somebody with the last name Vasquez, you know, in certain in certain parts of the country. Um, but it seemed to abate. And then, like, I'll give you an example. A few weeks ago, we had a guy call in, booger put, picking, booger eating Ken is what we call him, <laughs> because he said that this country, this see how I'm going to come back around to the Supreme Court. Uh-huh. He said that this country was, was based on Judeo-Christian values and that immigrants are replacing mm-hmm. Americans. And he got mad at me because I wear a Mexican flag shirt with a heart around it and I should be proud of where I am instead of where my family is from and things like that. And and, but it's reinforced by language the Supreme Court is using when they say that abortion is not explicitly protected in the Constitution, and they told us they were going to come for mm-hmm. everything else after that, and which is why we have the legislation for the Respect Marriage Act and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, we, I mean, when you talk about our institutions, and this is how we survived the World War II, we don't have that. Any, we don't have the Supreme Court anymore. We now have a, a house that is ready to go, spend Endless hours talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. Probably going to go back around and talk about Hillary Clinton again. So we have two pretty major parts of our government that are really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, I want to go back to this booger jerk. <laughs> so when I was so uh, uh, yes. is he Apache or yeah, no. is he Judeo Christian? He's Judeo Christian uh, white guy. Who there's says no we're, such thing who, as Judeo Christian. But, but he's not American. He's obviously yeah. an immigrant or a child of an immigrant or a grandchild of right. an immigrant. So shut up. Right. right. And go to <laughs> oh, but his his ancestors did go it go to the Staten right Island way. and read yeah. for a second. Yeah. 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 
that's what all I hear is, well, when my ancestors came, they did it the right way. They did not fill out more paperwork. Than, <laughs> yeah. They no. did not fill out more paperwork than anybody no. else. Now, somebody was no. just on our on my, on my the chat the other day. So, well, back then they had all these competency tests for immigrants. It's like, no. No. <laughs> no. No. No, it wasn't even until the ninth, was it like late teens or like the 1920s when they even had an immigration act yeah. Uh, yeah. For, yeah. Citizen, Bo- for citizenship. Both, both parties. Well, you know, parties, and you know parties they fluctuate constantly. To but. keep us out and to keep Catholics out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I think it was also the Chinese, wasn't it? Yeah, the Chinese. Oh, maybe because yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a little yeah. bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, both parties were generally for open immigration for the longest time. I mean, within, within you know, within like mm-hmm. the barroom conversations, it's always been it was fine when my people came, but mm-hmm. now it's just gone too right. far. That's always right. been uh, a common thing in the United States. And, and Chicago but, in particular, look how Chicago was organized. Right. right? The neighborhoods, the yeah. segregation. Yeah. Uh, not just black, white, but oh, yeah, Poles, segregated from Irish, Irish stuff. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, yeah. We, we expanded our Supreme Court in Illinois to protect immigrant yep. votes yep. way back in the yep. day. There was a small Supreme Court, and they were afraid yep. that they were going to take away immigrant voting rights. Yep. You didn't have to be a citizen. You had to live here for six months. Yep. And they packed the Supreme Court. That's yep. where uh, Stephen Douglas made it became the Justice Douglas. That's where mm-hmm. he made his career. I see it. And I don't know why there isn't a, a sense of urgency to do something about the Supreme Court. It's, this, I think, is one of the things that make us makes us mm-hmm. most vulnerable. Whether wow. it's voting rights, whether it's electoral college, all these things. I, I, to me, this is the, the there's two crises that I see as far as when I think about mm-hmm. where we're headed, not just with democracy, but with people being able to stay in their homes and feel safe. It's meta, it's it's the access to health care mm-hmm. and our Supreme Court. Those are the two things because the Supreme Court, I think, is where our democracy hangs in the balance, and health care is like how we decide that life is worth preserving. But if you're talking, you're learning to a move to expand the Supreme Court. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about I know. is uh, is a, a massive change to one of our core institutions. And so President Biden is very much an institutionalist, a traditional institutionalist. And um, while we on the left or even the center might be frustrated with this current court, um, we could be more frustrated by a process that allows willy-nilly changing the court. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's willy-nilly when it's in the face of what's happening right now. It's the same as getting rid of the uh, the filibuster in the Senate. Might be good no, when your might, team might, is in charge, and pretty bad when yeah. the other teams in charge. I, I, I can see where they're coming from on that. Yeah. Also, yeah. a while ago, I dug up uh, Vice President Dawes' introductory speech when he be, when he was first inaugurated. He just went up to the Senate and said, "If you don't get rid of this crap like the filibuster, why am I even showing up? I'm going to go take a nap." And that's what he did. He went back and took a nap. But it gets back to what I was saying before, right? The founders intentionally set up a system to make it hard for government to do big things. Mm. Because our country was founded on skepticism of government, right? The people fled persecution to come here, persecution by authoritarian, by monarchies, by aristocracies. They came here to be left alone. That was the American dream to make of yourself with limited government. Mm -hmm. Our government's not supposed to find it easy to do big things. It only can when everybody basically agrees to do it, and that's rare it's like right. the security council in the un it can only act when the united states russia france britain and china agree on something 
when that happens, like twice in its history, it can do big mm-hmm. things. But we don't want that to do big right. things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so and, it's frustrating. Though. Well, and, and when we go back to talking about our institutions and what what the founding fathers created, and and uh, I think I told you this. Did I tell you this when we were at Jones House? One of my favorite things to listen to when I was running for office yeah. was uh, Sam Watterson's <laughs> uh, speech uh, at Cooper Union. I think t- Adam and I have talked about this too. Oh yeah. And, it, it, and he talks about what our founding what the forefathers intended, and it was he was trying to uh, argue against the expansion of slavery and the uh, the compromise, uh, the Missouri mm-hmm. Compromise. Yeah. Um, so you know we go back and forth on listening to what the Supreme Court says, what our you know the Constitution lays out. I guess we're lucky that they the founding fathers didn't say white men only. Right? They not explicitly. Not explicitly, right? Yeah. At the time, they they were wrangling over. Yeah, Jefferson even had and, this this line about we should not they they should not be slaves to their barbarous ancestors. That's mm-hmm. it's something that it's on his memorial in D.C. They right, got they, it carved in. They they gave us the potential, right? And so I don't know why the Supreme Court, because it gave us so much potential, they lock into just the strict word of it, even though it was it was also built in the opportunity to expand and amend. Right. Well, I, I feel like originalism is just a smokescreen anyway. Yes. It's it's I mean, just what they're, you know, they don't it, really care what it actually says or yes, what they were actually thinking. Exactly. Well, why in 2009, 2010, when the Democrats had a supermajority, didn't we entrench Roe v. Wade in legislation? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again. An excellent question. Because they did, I don't know if they just thought that uh, it, it was Well, they like, didn't think. They, yeah. exactly. McConnell was there. Yeah. It only took one person to say no on it, too. One person in a swing district or something. I am so fired up. I'm not going to, my poor well, husband. Well, in the I, Senate. <laughs> but the Democrats had a supermajority yeah. in the Senate. Yeah. Well, they they even done that, it. like with health care, it took like one, it just took like yeah. Yeah, Joe Lieberman or something saying, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the, yeah, Santa Monica Light. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's take a break here. I have to wrap up. And just Tonica, let's not talk about Joe Lieberman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are hanging out with Professor Joel Ostro, a professor of political science with an expertise in Russian, Russian politics, as well as how democracies grow and fail. And uh, author, historian, tour guide, Adam Selzer. You can go to MysteriousChicago.com to find out about all the great events that he does and, and follow him on all the social media platforms, especially on uh, Facebook to watch his Facebook live yeah. stream of the, his... The, the, the Patreon, too. You can follow yes. the new book that Thank I'm you. working on kind of as it grows. Excellent. So. And if you can uh, hunt down his uh, former publishers, that would be helpful as well to uh, yeah, yeah. owe him some money. Just like, a lot of people owe me, you know, it's not a ton of money. It's like 50 still. bucks here, 50 bucks there, but yeah, still, give friend. me my money. Hey, I just got a check for $113 for Comics Unleashed. I was very happy. Sweet. Um, and uh, this, the uh, Illinois Treasury sent me a message. It actually had a, a check from one of my publishers and I had like $125 that was just sitting in the treasury for some reason and it was a very simple process to get it once I got that email so go to the Illinois Treasury website click on iCash and type your name in about they say about 25% of the people find that there's money sitting there waiting for them somewhere and I've made from my three books combined yeah that's about what I actually (laughs) make but dozens of dollars on these books for uh, on silent film speaking of speaking of finding something we've got uh, by the way Gindo's gift cards $50 gift cards give away every single day through the end of the year. That's $10, $50 gift cards for li- listeners uh, this week and next week from Gindo's Spice of Life. You can go to gindos.com to spice up your holiday season. Today's word phrase, at least, that pays is Apple Barn for your chance to win today. Apple Barn to 773-763-9278. When we come back, we will wrap it up with our guests. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
We are uh, wrapping it up with Professor Joel Ostro from Benedictine University, Professor of Political Science with an expertise in Russia and the rise and fall of democracies. And Adam Selzer, author, historian, tour guide. Go to MysteriousChicago.com for all the work that he does. And I, uh, it's not that I'm missing the point of that it's about uh, greed and power on the Republican Party. It's the it, it's the the. The Republicans, you know, the folks that live in my neighborhood, they're not about wealth and right. power and greed. Right. They're buying into what they're being fed. And I, I try to continually highlight how hypocritical it is. But I, and I look, I, I continue. Someone asked me how I um, why I get involved and, and how I just I'm not angry all the time. I am somewhat optimistic. I believe me, I'm angry all the time. It's my secret. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I I always I guess I believe in uh, I'm hopeful that people will see the light I guess somehow um, and I get that uh, people it's part of their tradition it's part of their identity uh, the idea that there are so many people in my neighborhood who think the election was stolen mm-hmm. they're not about power and control I mean like they are about sometimes sexism racism religion they're about their identity politics and and they accuse the left of that. When mm. my identity politics is about preserving the rights and safety of others mm-hmm. and the freedoms mm-hmm. of others. And that's what they say that they are well, for. Conspiracy theories make stupid people feel like they're the smart ones. Rigged. There you go. Magical thinking. Yeah. 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 The idea that there are kids in a basement of a, of a pizza joint. And- oh, that, that's that's the big one. It's like they're uh, promoting all this horrible stuff. But they tell us, well, what we're really doing is fighting child abuse. Right. Mm, yeah. And yeah. that's like a, it's it's their excuse they use for themselves that all of the all of the bigotry is okay because we're really fighting child sexual abuse. Well, early on, secretly somehow bringing this all the way back because early on when Russia invaded Ukraine, attacked Ukraine, uh, I had I had listeners that would text and mm. say things like, "Well, there, there's Nazis there." Like that. Remember that was a big part of wasn't that Those part of their Putin's, excuse? Uh, yeah. So the Russian word for nation is Nazi. The Russian word for Nazi is Nazi. Okay. And so in Russian, there's kind of a play on words that most lazy Western journalists don't get. I've never heard Interesting. That. So Putin could play up in the propaganda the World War II footage and then rail against the Ukrainian nation, which he brands as a fiction. They're just Russians. There's no such thing as Ukraine. There's no such thing as Ukrainian. It's a made-up language. It's a made-up culture. There are religion. There are skin color. They all speak Russian. They don't have a right to be. And this is not the first time that Russia's carried out a genocidal campaign against Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. Right? There was a f- artificial starvation in the 30s. Uh, that killed, I forget how many millions of Ukrainians, the Holodomir, which is forced starvation. Mm. Um, so that, that language is for internal propaganda to sort of make an attack on people who, well, if they're just like us, why are we killing them? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and And it's almost farcical to think of Russians and Ukrainians as enemies, although now it's almost farcical to think that it's hard to envision a time when they won't be because why would Ukraine or Ukrainian people have any trust in anything Russia or right. Russian and that makes for a really difficult future because they sh- they share a long border, yeah right. 
So it's uh, it's a lot. I, I yeah. didn't even get to the fact that tuition uh, used to cost one hundred and seventy dollars a year in nineteen sixty six at the University of Illinois. So I, I, I like I had so many things I want to talk about. So we we'll have to have you guys, and that's not part of this conversation. But it's about the intelligence and yeah. the education of people and making it unaffordable so that people are easier to manipulate and also yeah. drive people of color away from education and then into mm-hmm. debt. And yep. you can yep. control people, manipulate people. See all these things. I have to go. We have to go. Thank you so much, you guys. Adam Selzer, MysteriousChicago.com. or Patreon slash Adam Chicago. And you can also call, catch Professor Joel Ostro regularly on the Jonas Pazito Show. And hopefully she'll let me borrow him again. Thank you, Professor. I hope so. Thank great you. Great to be here. Thank and, you. And your son's not wrong. I know it's about power. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Have a great <laughs> nice evening. Buddy. Thank you. Oh, and our, list, our winner is from the 773. Text me back and I'll get you your stuff. Bye, everybody. Good night, Lady B. Mike Creed's up next with the Devil's Advocate.